Hey church, today I want to speak about baptism and I know, I'm not sure if you, if you get baptized already. It's always a big topic around the world and baptism is a very simple, simple symbol actually. That means I step into the water and I make a declaration, my old life is gone. Is there anyone here, you are happy that your old life is gone? Hands up. Almost everyone. Then you step out from the water as a sign, I want to fall in God and I will bring heaven down on earth. And that's such a powerful statement to the baptism. And now I'm wondering why Jesus Christ, the Son of God, kept baptized. Have you ever thought about why Jesus, the Son of God, baptized himself? I mean, I mean, often people, for example, you had maybe a weird teenager season and you are drifted and you come into a point where you say, I need a recommitment. I get baptized because I want to follow Jesus Christ. But what about Jesus Christ? He never had a backslidden moment or he was a teenager face and said, oh my teenager, I'm not sure because my parents have brought me up in Christianity and Jesus left and drifted, went to a party moment and had some tattoos and said, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm coming back. Do you know what I'm talking about? Why in the world the Son of God get baptized? Some people said he was obedient. He is a role model, but I think there must be much more than that. And all of a sudden, when people, Jesus gets baptized, something significant happens in his life. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. There was a moment, there was a moment when you could hear the voice of the Father God. Why in the world could people hear the voice of the Father God? And there's a reason why, because a lot of Jewish people were there, some rabbis were there, and when they heard that amazing sentence, they were shocked because it's an amazing meaning. In Luke chapter 3, verse 22, this was God was saying, you are my son whom I love, with you I'm well pleased. <laughs> You will say, oh, cool, because that's what a father is doing. <laughs> when you have a, a, you, your son or daughter, you will have some good words, for example, some nicknames, right? So you, do you have a nickname for your husband? Like honey or hubby or my sweetie or my butterfly, my angel, all those things, right? But God is doing the same thing actually to the son Jesus. Oh, I love you so much. You're my hubby, you're my butterfly, all those things. But the Jewish people, when they heard that, they were shocked, and I'll tell you why. When you read this Bible verse, you'll say, oh, a cool Bible verse. You have to understand the Hebrew language and the Hebrew Bible. Often what Rabbi did, they took out of the Psalms or Isaiah just one Bible verse, half of it from Psalm, then I took the other part from Jeremiah, mixed it together, and all the Jewish people knew the answer is so strong and so big. And here is what the Jewish people and the rabbi hear when Jesus got baptized. The first part you can find in Psalm 2 verse 7. You are my son. That means today I've become your father. And the, the line was in Psalm 2. You are the son of God. God was saying, you are the son of God, the highest king. And then in the second part, God takes it out from Isaiah 
chapter 42, verse 1, I am pleased with him. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring the justice to all nations. And the whole context of Isaiah 42 was, you are a servant of God, and you have a mission. When you take these two Bible verses together, here is what God is saying to the Jewish people and the baptism. You are the son of God. You are a servant of the Most High God and you have a mission. Isn't that amazing? And God is saying when you got baptized, that's the moment when you become a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And the second part, you are a servant with a mission, bring heaven down on earth. Hey, I'm gonna teach you the next 25 minutes about these two things about being a son of God, being a servant on a mission. And often when you hear you are a servant of God, you say, oh my gosh, I don't like to be a servant. I like to be served, but not being a servant, right? In our generation, we don't like that word because I'm my own king. But it's not so complex actually to be a servant of God if you understand two things. First of all, when Jesus got baptized, what he did, he fulfilled the Old Testament. Often people that say to me, Pastor Leo, I don't believe in the Old Testament, uh, Testament anymore about the old laws. When Jesus Christ came, the new covenant means all is new. That's not true because Jesus came to fulfill the old laws. And Jesus was saying to the people of God, hey, check this out. Many, many years ago, when the people of God, they've been in Egypt, and I want to explain this with some um, street signs. Egypt stands for poverty. A life without God, stop, don't do it, because the, the penalty will be hell. And God is saying to the people of God, you came out from Egypt. The moment when God chose Moses, with a stick to lead the people of God out from Egypt was the moment like salvation, you receiving God the Father. Then baptism is this sign, you crossing a street. You crossing from one side to the other side. And God is saying baptism is life. You say, you say goodbye to Egypt and are walking over the street into a new destination. They came into the desert for 40 years and night. God was testing them. Why in the world is God testing them? You have to understand, in the desert, people have been the same people. They left Egypt. You're leaving your old lifestyle, but your lifestyle is still in you. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? You're saying, I'm God baptized, I'm receiving Jesus Christ. Why in the world I still have some obstacles, challenges, some addictions? And my answer is always, yes, you left the place of your old lifestyle, but your life, old lifestyle came with you and still is in you. And in the desert, God, the Holy Spirit, gives you the opportunity for a get-free moment to change, to lay it down, to receive Christ and have some breakthroughs. Martin Luther, uh, the German guy said, it's very important that you get baptized. When you get baptized, you draw your old flesh, your old Adam in baptism down, draw it down. Do you know why? He said, that old Adam is still able to swim. 
With other words, even though sometimes you're leaving Egypt, you're leaving your old life, that means your old lifestyle is still in you. For 40 days and night, God was teaching them the laws and all those things. God could only find two people, Joseph and Caleb, they were able to enter the promised land, and that's the calling. The desert is not the place to, 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 to remain. We are called to the land of Canaan. Canaan means a, your blessed abundance more than enough. And the cool thing is when you're leaving Egypt, you get baptized, you get tested, we are heading into a blessed life. You don't know what, what Canaan was all about. God is saying, all the people around Canaan, they will see there is a nation without a physical king. And all the people, they will see prosperity, you will flourish, you will be healed, and God is with you. You will be a testimony for the people around. But you know, often when you're really blessed in your life, like you're living in Switzerland, with so much money, right? That's why you're living here. Nobody wants to leave Switzerland because that's the place to be, right? We get all of a sudden like, we take it for granted, and what happens in the story of the people of God in the Old Testament, you are going to Babylon, that means back to slavery, it's like a dead, dead end street. Dead end street, I've seen a lot of people. That's the biggest challenge actually. You receive Jesus Christ, you cannot deny there is Jesus Christ, right? But then you're leaving the church and you cannot say, I don't live in Egypt anymore, but neither so I will live in Canaan. That means that end is actually a nightmare. When Jesus, check this out, got baptized, and people could hear, you are the son of God. Jesus was repeating the Old Testament. Go out from Egypt, be born again, get baptized, Take all the things in you for a get-free moment. You're walking into the lane of Canaan where science and miracles take place, but never go back to slavery. This was the whole entire message. Hey, people of God, that's so cool, right? But now check this out for a moment. And I was so super cool, uh, pumped and cool. When you think about the life of Christ, you can see the same thing again identically. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came from heaven, from the richness, no sickness, nothing was there. He came down to earth into poverty. God is saying this life was for Jesus Christ, for the Son of God, poverty. He came, was born into the poverty land. When he was 12 years old, he went to the temple like a decision, I want to fall in God. Jesus got baptized and heaven get open here, the sea are getting splitted. He was in the desert for 40 days and night. Why was Jesus in the desert for 40 days and night? People say, oh my gosh, he was preparing for his ministry, or before you do something, you, you draw back and you take time with God. No, that's not the point. If you understand the Old Testament, Jesus was 40 days and night in the desert. He experienced the same test as the people of God that was being tested in the desert. The devil was attacking Jesus Christ in three different areas. But in the desert, in the test, Jesus made it and he was successful. He's saying to you, me, you can be tested and you can be in the test and you become glorified. In the desert, God picked 12, 12 
nations, uh, 12 um, tribes. Jesus picked 12 disciples. You can see the same thing. He said, Caleb and Joshua, go into the promised land. Jesus said, two and two, go into the cities and share the gospel. Bring heaven down. Jesus was repeating the Old Testament. He's saying, when you being baptized, you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Isn't that cool? You are right now a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Give for that God a big round of applause. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. That's the part number one. I, I was super uh, pumped because often people saying the Old Testament is so boring. I can understand God. When Jesus Christ came, all is new. No, that's not the case. He fulfilled the Old Testament, repeated the same story again and again and again. Now, if you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God, that's the part number one. How can you be a son, as a servant of God, and have a mission? That's the moment when people say, I don't know, I don't like to share the gospel, because when people ask me about vaccine, I'm lost. I'm not sure if it's from God or not from God, or if people ask me about creation, I am super lost. How can I be a servant? We have a mission on this earth because I, I don't feel I've all together. So anyone, you feel like that? I will say almost everyone, right? That's why we, we are Christians going to church and then we are quiet for one week, right? I tell you, it's so simple because in the story of the Old Testament, God used Moses. Why Moses with a stick? The stick was with Moses like a dog in the Red Sea, in the desert, and also in the beginning. Why had Moses a stick in his hand? Now comes a very funny moment. God asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? I mean, is there anyone blind? Have you ever wondered when God asks you a question, it's not that God becomes stupid. It's not that God says, oh, I'm getting older and my eyes are not in a good shape anymore. Why in the world God asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? And our response would be, a stick. With this stick, I will lead and tend my sheep. So I took a study and asked the question, why a stick? And I came out to an amazing, profound message for you guys and for my life. We're living in a season where you have a smartphone, you have a journal, right? If you make a miracle, God performs a miracle, you write down the dates and the miracle, right? And when you are in a bad day, you take out the journal and say, oh my gosh, for five weeks ago, God performed an amazing miracle. I walked into the church, I was single, now I'm married. I walked into the church, I was sick, but now I'm healed. I walked into the church, I was desperate, but now God fulfilled all my longings. Is there anyone you can relate? You came into the church and you're not had all together. We write this down in a journal, smartphone, computer, whatever. But thousands of years ago, Moses had no laptop, no Apple, <laughs> no, what? no journal, right? 
And you know what? All the Jewish people, when they were young, they got from their parents a stick. Everyone had a stick. And when you had received a miracle, or you faced the obstacles and you had a breakthrough, what you did, you carved that miracle into the stick. Like David, I killed a bear. Then he wrote down, I killed a lion. And when God asked Moses, what is in your hand? Moses would say, this is my life story. This is my life story about the faithfulness of God Almighty. Then God said, let it go. And he let his life story, <laughs> sorry, go. And then God said, pick it up because the, the, the stick became a snake. When Moses picked up the stick again, he wrote down, God performed a snake. By the far on the 10 miracles, I have seen the nail becomes red like blood. I have seen some frogs in Egypt. I have seen some grasshoppers. They killed everything. And I've seen that God killed some kids in Egypt. When God is saying to Moses, what's in your hand? He said, God, I have seen your faithfulness. You have been good here, here, and here, and here, and here, and here, and here. What's in your hand? But that's not a point. In the Jewish culture, every morning when you get up, you take the stick and that's the way you hold it. You hold it like this every morning. It's like your journal. Remind yourself about the goodness of God, the bear and the lion and the snake and the Nile and the frogs and the grasshoppers and the kids. And every morning you say, God brought me out from Egypt. God brought me out from bondage. And this stick gives me the strength to stand it today. So I can make it in my endurance tomorrow. Then after you fill your spirit with, with hope and with truth, check this out. You flipped the stick around. And you had a message, I stand on a ground and that ground is holy because I have seen all the miracles of God in my life. Come on. When Moses was in front of the Red Sea, the sign of baptism, God said to Moses, Take your stuff. We read this, like, oh yeah, you just took it. No. I told you how you hold your stick when Moses was in front of the Red Sea. All the animals, animals, enemies of Egypt behind him. There was no way to escape. Moses was not looking at the challenge. He was not looking at the sea. Moses took the stick God, you have been faithful here and here and here 
and here and there and here and here. And here is a space for a new mark and you will perform a new miracle. Moses turned around the stick, he put it into the sea and the sea split it and the people of God walked through. And here's the point. You have a life story. You have a message to share. I was sick, but God healed me. I was alone. Now I've found a wife and now I have a family. I had some issues in my life, but the Holy Spirit in his power, he created an amazing miracle. I tell you why this is so important. The news and the world, they can, can laugh about Christians. They can say being Christian, is, is, it doesn't make sense. Or they can say church is over. But I will say you cannot steal and the devil cannot steal and the media cannot steal and the people cannot steal your testimony. You are servant of God in your testimony. And you're going out with a mission to share the good news of God Almighty. You have a testimony to share. Come on. And that's not complicated actually because this is your story. The faithfulness of God. And he will never leave you and forsaken you. God has given you a staff. What is your story, Vanessa? Even though I was a happy child, I had a terrible years of school. I had many problems, like a speech defect, coordination, uh, coordination problems, and the, the ADS syndrome. And because of that, I was unable to pay attention in class. And this was the reason why my classmates bullied and excluded me. And even my teacher exposed me in front of the whole class several times. And most of days when I returned home after school, I was crying. I felt alone. <laughs> I had no friends. No invitations to birthday parties. And I felt like a failure, like a loser. <laughs> and um, fortunately, that was not the end of my story. And Jesus wrote it new and he gave me a big heart for people who, who are broken and have no one to turn to. And I think so, when I think about that time, Jesus had to, to break my heart to make it bigger. And now it's, I have a passion for counseling and pray for people. And I love to be the one who, are, who is there just to listen with no judgment and help. And that's my story. Um, I'm a pretty big nerd, and I've been that pretty much my whole life. Um, I had 
big interest in technical aspects and computers uh, since I was very young and uh, also started having big interest in, in computer gaming when I was um, when I got to school. Uh, my parents didn't like it that much, uh, which led to quite quite a lot of conflicts actually, and a pretty tough time. Um, also with uh, church, I felt like I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, I was given the feeling that it's basically sin. And um, when I went into university, I had a tough time getting. Um, getting to know people, getting to know friends, and starting my, my studying. And um, because, because of that, I started just online gaming with a couple of friends that I knew from, knew from earlier and did that for two semesters. And in the end, I had to give up that, co that course and start anew. Um, so in all those um, hard and tough situations, I actually never felt that God was far away, I actually felt that he um, used my passion and used my, um, my personal story to tell people, um, or to help people and to encourage them. So we, um, yeah, we, we got to know Game Church in America, which is an organization that wants to bridge the gap between the gospel and the gamer, and we founded that in Germany, and through that I was able to, um, yeah, be there for people that feel like they... Um, would never get any, they would never hear the gospel and we were able to give out Bibles at conventions and tell people from, about God. Um, yeah, and that's how he uses my passion and my story for, for his glory. <laughs> Come on. Woo Thank you so much. You know, I love it because you are a son of God and a daughter of God. We are servants with a mission to the world and you hold your life story, your testimony in your hand. And everyone in each of one in this building and online, you're watching online, you have a testimony. And that testimony, you can touch those people that have gone through the same thing like you have gone through and you totally understand them and God has given in that area, have given you an amazing anointing. After all, what, what do I have in my hand? I was brought up Catholic and from my early years on every Sunday I went to church and I loved the church and I loved God. I never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. When I was 18 years old, I received Jesus Christ. But that longing and that heartbeat to build a church for lost people or for people they're looking for a God, I felt like this is my testimony. I was brought up Catholic. I loved the local church. I loved God. And that's my story. And that's why I'm a pastor of this church. That's why we do church planting. That's why we started some micro churches around the world. I want to encourage those people to say, I, I am lost. I want to have another church. And say, come on, plug in. God has given us a unique style. We're not the only one. The body of Christ has so many different churches. Hallelujah. That's good. Because we are people, we are different. As more churches we have, as more people we can reach. And as more churches we have in a city, the level will always be rise and the atmosphere is changing. And that's my staff, that is my story. And the news and the media, they cannot steal my story. And it's so simple. I'm a son of God. That's my life testimony. I'm a servant of God with a mission. And every single morning when I get up, the God 
who brought me out from yesterday, the bear, the lion, the snakes, the Nile, the frogs, the grasshoppers, and the kids, gives me the strength to stand it today. So I'm able to have endurance to make it for tomorrow. Can we stand for a moment also online? And what I want to do, while the band is playing, the band that means Dave and, oh no, not Dave, sorry. The team is changing from the morning to evening. But I ask those two guys, can you sing the song, Don't Tell Me? And while you're standing, just think for a moment, what is your story? What have you seen? That song is saying, I have seen cancer disappear. You have seen in your life certain things that God changed, right? So miracles. For a moment, just think for a moment, what is in your hand? What is your story? What is what you carved and marked in your staff? And after the song, I will pray with you guys. What's in your hand? Miracles. Miracles, breakthroughs, healings, promotions, kids, families, healing, companies, new beginning and hope. This is what you have in your hands. Don't tell me. Don't tell me all the news I'm reading every day. Don't tell me that the finest hour of the church is over. Don't tell me that you don't need church. Don't tell me you can live your own life. Don't ever tell me you need relationship. You need a church family. You need some people that are encouraging you right now. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. What's in your hand? The bear, the lion, the snake, the knife, the frogs, the grasshoppers, the kids. I have seen all the things. And God, here is a space for my challenge I'm right now in. And I'm marked in a month or in a week the next miracle. Church, flip it. That's how you use it. That's why I can stand. I've seen the faithfulness of God. You have seen the faithfulness of God. Don't tell me that God is not good. Don't tell me He is still in the lead. Father God, I'm so thankful for that message that you have given me a life story, my testimony. And I will embrace my testimony because you healed me in a certain area to be a messenger for those people that are going through the same thing I've going through in my life. And you are good and you're faithful and you're stronger than all the obstacles and you're good and you will be good and you have been good and you always be good. You are not changing. You're the same God yesterday, today and also forever. And now I want to and pray a prayer for all those people right now. Maybe you left your faith. Maybe you left Christianity. Or you're still living symbolically in Egypt. You have never received Jesus Christ. You're living in that shield of stop. If this is you, it starts with a simple prayer. 
Maybe you have drifted in your life or maybe you lost the peace of God or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I want to lead you right now into prayer. If this is you, I want to pray one sentence and whenever you are, you can repeat this prayer with me. Then say, dear Jesus, thank you so much for my unique life. Please forgive me all my sins and failures. And I receive your forgiveness. I make you as my Lord and Savior. Lead me and guide me. Bless me and protect me. I want to be yours forever. The Bible says when you pray this prayer, you are forgiven, you're born again, your life is marked in the book of life. Come on, come on. For everyone right now, here's my challenge. You are a son of God. You are daughter of the Most High God. That's your, your status. You have an Instagram status, but this is your heaven status, right? You are a son and a daughter of God, right? You are a servant. That means, oh my gosh, I don't like to serve. You serve with your life story. You serve with your testimony. And God will bring people across your life. They need to hear your testimony, your life story. You will be for thousands of people a hope in this world. And you bring heaven down because you share with them. I have seen the bear, the lion, the snakes, the night, the frogs, the grasshoppers, and the kids. I have seen it. And that God gives me the power to stand in today, to endure my future. Come on, let's sing this song for you guys. Don't tell me, don't tell me.